If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the Tudor Dixon Podcast. Today, I want to jump right into this because we are reviewing the unsealed documents from the civil lawsuit brought by Jeffrey Epstein's alleged victims. I have Yaku Boyens with me. He is the founder and CEO of After Eating Pictures and the creator of his own documentary, Sex Nation. Yaku, thank you, thank you for being here today. Thank you, Tudor. Appreciate you. Yeah, I know you and your team have been poring over these documents that just came out. I know we're trying to figure out all the ins and outs. We're seeing a lot of names. What do you know so far? Yeah, we've gone through, what is it, 900 pages. We were up until 4 o'clock this morning going through it. Uh, uh, Tudor, here's here's what I know and what I expected. Um, Not to discourage people, but a lot of it is a nothing burger. Because these names, if you remember, Mm -hmm. Judge Preska said, I'm going to release names that have already been mentioned in the press. And then for those names that hadn't been mentioned, they gave a 14-day window for those legal teams to approve the release of the names. So some of the names that you see that are still redacted, those legal teams said, nope, we're not cool with this. You can't release these names. So yes, names were released. And for some people, it may be shocking. But honestly, Tudor, we had these names in 2007 when Epstein went to trial first in 2012, 2019. And the argument is this. Okay, so we have the names. You've got David Copperfield, John Luke Brunel. You know now that a second witness is saying that that Bill Clinton was actually on the island. And if you remember, Virginia Guffrey's testimony was thrown out because Ghislaine Maxwell, the accused, said, well, Clinton was never on the island, so Guffrey is not a credible witness. 
That's probably the silver lining here is that someone else is saying, no, Clinton was on the island. And so we need to look for those silver linings because names itself does nothing. We need prosecution. We need people to go on a witness stand, be cross-examined. We need to corroborate things. We need subpoenas. But what? how is that even possible when you have people this powerful? And I think that's the thing that shocked me when I looked at these names, even at the beginning, I'm like, how do you ever do anything about this? Because you have politicians, but then you have the people who are giving politicians big money to get into office. So even if you don't have a politician in there and you can't say, oh, this is corrupt from the government on down, it really is because those are the people giving politicians big money so they know they're protected. Yeah, and Tudor, I want, I want viewers to really understand how credible your voice is. You ran for office. You've seen behind the curtain. You understand that mm. those who hold the purse strings with, with politicians, I'm here at the border at the moment with the Freedom Caucus from Illinois and, and state legislators from Texas. They scurry. Those with the money pull the punches. And that, that's what happens. And, and here you've got the reason why you're not seeing, you know, other big names come out is because powerful players said, nope. Uh, you, you're going to fall if you prosecute this. I mean, to think that someone like Alvin Bragg, the district attorney of New York, is going to prosecute on behalf of victims is laughable. He'll lose his position. His funders will pull out in a that, minute. That's exactly right. So that's what I think people don't understand. All of these things that happen behind the scenes, whether it is something with sex trafficking or business or whatever it is. I mean, just this morning, someone came into my office and they said, hey, did you hear that the building that was next to our foundry, the, it was, it's been run down for 30 years. A local developer was given by the state, given a grant of $18 million to rebuild this building. We, our foundry closed and the state did everything they could to destroy manufacturing in the state of Michigan. They're across the street from each other. And you know why? Because I guarantee you our elected officials get their $1,000 or whatever it is from this developer. They gave him $18 million yeah. so that he can build a building and sell it and make even more money. He gets $18 million and then gets more. I mean, it, to me, this is shocking, but that's how government's working. That's why people complain about crony capitalism. But this goes beyond that because this is hurting kids and it's yeah. hiding that. But, Tudor, when you, in addition to what you just said, when you add sexual exploitation and perversion to crony capitalism, right? Or nepotism at times, like what we're seeing on this border. Who's getting these contracts to drive these kids to Michigan, to Chicago? Yes. The bus companies that know that they're delivering kids into the hands of traffickers. When you combine sexual exploitation with crony capitalism, you, and that was the Epstein world. You, you want to know what I want to see? Don't give me the Ghislaine Maxwell names. Give me the Epstein videos that's with the FBI. Give me the Epstein yeah. videos of Bill Clinton in a blue dress and red shoes. Give me that cigar club. Give me the videos of the orgy parties. Release those things because they have them. What did you see with Hunter Biden? The FBI goes, we got nothing. No, you do. You do. You have it. You won't release it. You'll redact it. Well, we just it. had heard about this other, we had just heard about this other madam in the D.C. area where there was this international situation where all of these elected officials were having prostitution 
rings and experiences in D.C. And yet we hear nothing about this. I mean, these are illegal sexual acts. These are deviant acts that we have elected officials on both sides. And I say this on both sides because we've even had the fund in Congress cover up sexual offenses with minors. I mean, look at the Mark Foley situation. So few Americans even know that we have a congressional fund. Think about this. Not to help victims, but to cover up legislators' acts who perform sexually immoral acts on people. Why do we have a fund like that? Why do we allow a porn lobby on K Street? Why do, why do we not see any prosecutions of sex trafficking regardless of the law? The law is as good as toilet paper. They're above the law. But here's what happens. You know how easy this is. You invite a legislator, they take him, they wine and dine him. All of a sudden, he's in a hotel room, there's a knock on the door, a girl walks in that's prearranged, it's surreptitiously filmed. Whether he did anything or didn't do anything doesn't matter. She's filming him in his room and they say, gotcha, buddy, you'll dance like a puppet. Well, I think about this from the standpoint of, these young women have been trafficked, but this whole, and they've been groomed, but this whole grooming process is the same with the rich person, the elected official, the hotel owner, whomever 100%. it is that comes to Jeffrey Epstein, he's grooming them and testing. Can I get them to step across the line? So, so people will say, well, I see all of these names and you have some people coming out and saying, yeah, he flew me someplace because he was well known amongst all these people, but nothing ever happened. But that person was being tested. They either failed his test or they passed his test. And, and passing his test was getting to the next Prince Andrew level where you're actually involved in the sexual exploitations of young some young girl. So so this was a the operation was really grooming people on both sides and seeing who would bite on getting involved in his operation. So he had young women that he had groomed and then abused. And then he had men that had money and influence, money and power, always went after money and power and tested to see if they would cross the line. And once he had them, that was his business model. Of course, look, this is, this is tactic 101. This is, this is how predators operate today with kids on Instagram. On average, on average, a predator invests engaging with a child before they strike. They test slowly. This is not snatch and grab. That's Epstein's whole MO. Invite the girls over. Give them a modeling deal. Give them a job. Invite the legislator over. Fly, sure. Fly Bill Clinton to South America on your jet. You probe. You probe softly. You test the waters. You wine and dine, and then you find the crack, and then they strike. And once they do, there's no turnaround. This is why you won't see the Clintons fight trafficking. This is why you won't see hardly any of these elected officials that we have mentioned thus far fight trafficking, because they, they, at some point, there was a kink in the armor, and the predator exploits the kink in the armor, and Epstein was a master at it. And remember, it wasn't just Epstein. Ghislaine Maxwell was a sex trafficker not just a, a handler. It was a master trafficker. Right. Her, her father, Robert Maxwell, made Jeffrey Epstein, the mogul, the media mogul. He introduced Ghislaine to Jeffrey Epstein. Jeffrey Epstein was a nobody on Wall Street. He couldn't build a book for nothing. And all of a sudden he's managing billions of dollars because of compromise, because they compromised individuals. It's blackmail, I it's think extortion. 
I think the Jeffrey Epstein story fascinates us because we can see it. It's tangible. We know it happened. We know it's there. We can see how Ghislaine got these women. We see her as this madam. We fully understand it's a it's a picture we can put into our minds. But my question is, how much deeper is this? And I know you know it's very deep. There's a lot of people in this situation. You mentioned the Congressional Slush Fund, and I just want to go back to that because I have a theory, and this can be, this is just a theory, but there are people in powerful positions in Washington who get what they want and get their, you know, a leadership position, get that. There's people who people say, oh, that person has dirt on everyone. That congressional slush fund is known to those people. Oh, Isn't yeah. that something that they're hanging over their head and saying, hey, we know all your dirty secrets because we paid to get them snuffed out, but we can a bring them hundred, back. A hundred percent. No question. Uh, look, we got you there. We're the only ones that can keep you there. And we'll prove it to you. And we, we've used the slush fund. And if this comes out, you're done. You're toast. And remember, Tudor, unlike you, most, most, okay, I don't have a percentile for you, but 90 plus percent of politicians want to be career politicians. That they, they will claw with their fingernails. And if that lifestyle is threatened, because it's power, right? They'll do anything. And if there's any compromise and that slush fund and like, hey, listen, we made that stripper not talk. We made her sign a non-disclosure agreement. We did that. You owe us. And we did that with this fund. You're now in the club, whether you want to or not. And we have this on first-hand testimony. We've been part of helping arrest state, sitting state senators, pastors, school teachers, principals, police chiefs that at some point get compromised through sex. But these people, they're brought back into the fold. I mean, that's the thing that makes me so mad about this. You will see arrests. You will see FBI investigations. You will see big news stories about this person or this person in Congress, this person, you know, in, in a school. But they get brought back into the fold. Yeah. Is this how... How rampant is this situation in D.C.? Do you have an estimation? Uh, put a number on it. I'll give you this number. Look, we, we, we $152 billion industry, $52 billion in the U.S. alone. We lead the world with this. And, and I'll, I'll tell you this. Just like this border is open because it's allowed to be open, we're the number one nation on earth trafficking children because it's allowed to happen. And if it's allowed to happen, it means the is failing. And if the law is failing, it means the lawmakers are not making the law. And so you've got to go to D.C. You have to go to D.C. and say, okay, where's the, tell me when last did you see committee hearings on sex trafficking in D.C.? You'll see Marsha Blackburn, Senator Blackburn, she'll press, but they're like lone rangers. Where's, you remember the war on drugs, the war on bullying, so where's the war on sex trafficking? Where's the war on you know, anti-child abuse, sexual child abuse on DC? It's nowhere. Zero. Well, I've, been, I've been horrified by the fact that the Mexican president came out and gave his sympathies to the biggest drug dealer there is out there who's in prison. And he says, oh, you know, your mother died. I give you my sympathies. And I think this guy has killed people murder people yep. 
abuse people this there's been a massive amount of sexual abuse all of this human trafficking all of this has happened you can see that sincerely the mexican government is involved because there is no way that this happens and you've got you know some horrific gangster in the united states where the president goes you know i just want to give my condolences to this person who is in jail for you know selling drugs shooting up businesses holding people hostage all of these things no way but this yeah, was because, totally yeah, okay gotta, for the mexican president to come out and say this yeah because you got to trace it to the slim you got to go to carlos slim and you got to understand how mexico worked we did a rescue of americans in mexico three weeks ago a mother and children trafficking rescue right we had to rescue them from mexican police the police were working with the cartel. That's what, so this, I was talking about this the other day. If you have the president giving sympathies to El Chapo, you have the Mexican police who are involved in the cartels. This is complete and total corruption. What is the point of sending Blinken down there and and our guys down there and saying, we're going to talk to the Mexican president. We're going to work this out. We're going to work out a deal. He's He's corrupt. There's no deal. We have to protect ourselves from this other country. And I'm not hearing the answer to this really loudly on either side. I keep hearing, oh, we're going to have the wall and we're going to go back to the 2016. We're beyond that. This is this is so many people now. This is the size of a large state that we've brought into the country over the past 10 years. I mean, much more than that. Yeah. What? Who is going to actually say we're done? Yeah, it's going to take it's going to take a massive, massive political muster and political will. And unfortunately, it cannot just be a single guy in the White House, Tudor. It's not. It's not enough. It can't be because because even the guy in the White House that we believe would probably end up in the White House can only give this nation four years. You're not going to fix this in four years. The damage that has been done to this country, the, we, we, it's immeasurable. It's, it, but it's become more of a political sticking point rather yeah. than something people want to solve. And I feel I, I feel that sincerely because I watch Eric Adams complain about this. And he's like, well, at the end of the day, it's the Republicans fault. And I see finally Brandon Johnson in Chicago starting to complain about this. And he's like, Governor Abbott is a psycho. I'm like, what are you talking about? You're both actually, actually, Governor Abbott, Mayor Adams, Mayor Johnson, they all feel the same way about this, but they won't talk about it because they have to be on the, politi the politically opposite sides of this. And therefore, we are at a, a, an impasse. We do nothing. I'll, t I'll tell you, uh, Congresswoman Mary Miller is here with me. She's actually standing 10 feet from me, from, from, from uh, Illinois. From Illinois? And she yeah mary miller she's here with me and mary is here at the border with me because they're being they're being man blasted mm. and it, with with this sanctuary state nonsense and they can't handle it anymore you know and, and physically they're saying we got to come down here and see because trafficking is out of control in chicago everything's out of control and the political will is not there and, and i'm with you uh tutor it's going to take an incredible act. Look, I'm in this place where preserve America mode. I'm like, shut it and, all And down. I think that's where Mary Miller is, too. I mean, talk about a neat lady who runs for office yes. as a grandmother yes. and yeah. and wins and is fighting for the things that we're actually all talking about fighting for and not doing it in a way where she's trying to become this 
famous person. She's doing it because she's serving. That's what I'm I'm asking. Where are the people who are serving? And I'm glad to hear you saying that she's down there with you because I feel like Washington has become a clown show of people who want to be in Hollywood, not in Washington. And I wish those people would move on and we could get people in there that are there to serve. You saw what happened here yesterday. So Congress, Congresswoman Miller, Mary Miller came here with Speaker Johnson yesterday. They were at the border. And I called her and I said, uh, Mary, she's a close friend. And I said, Mary, please stay over a day and, and be with us the day after. And I took her to three locations here where we're standing right now, bridge number two, right? And she's like, Yaku, it was very different yesterday. It was sanitized. It was cleaned up. Mm-hmm. I had Border Patrol and sheriffs tell me, Yaku, we haven't seen these areas this clean in 20 something years because it was wow. telegraphed that the speaker is coming and the Biden administration gave the order, reroute all the migrants, clean it up. And so you had congressional members yesterday saying, why is it looking different today? They're here. I mean, I can bet Mary is doing, this is Mary Miller right here doing an interview right now behind me with News Nation. They're here and they're going, what in the world? Why did we not see this yesterday? What is going Gross. on? I'm like you're being lied to. You're being set up. And then they go back. But what is the end game here? Because we're watching what's happening in Germany. We're watching what's happening in London right now. We're watching these countries who have allowed this inflow, have, have said no more borders, allowed this inflow of refugees and immigrants. And and they are now in a situation where they're seeing crime. They're seeing, they're losing, they've lost their culture. And people will say, well, America's a big melting pot. Well, wait a minute. We all agree we oh, want America yeah. to stay America. Yeah. Look, with, with, with godly brother, sister, love in Christ, I, I love you. I love your heart. Okay. I'm an immigrant. I had to swear an allegiance to this nation. I had to denounce my allegiance to my former country, South Africa. I had to swear to defend this nation. I had to, I had to hear, welcome new citizen of the United States. I had to become an American. I had to mm. assimilate. Nobody, nobody on this border today. When those migrants are crossing right now, is asking them, will you assimilate? Will you fly the star-spangled banner? Will you learn about our constitution? Will you know the branches of government? The test that I had to pass as an immigrant, zero. They're not becoming Americans. We are losing culture. We are absolutely losing. You will not know America. They lived in Canada for, for a number of years. Canada doesn't have a culture. There's French Canadians, Italian Canadians. You go drive to Toronto. You go from district to district. They fly their own flags. They fly the Italian flag in Toronto, and then the Mexican flag, and then the Honduran flag, and the South African flag. There's no such thing as a true heart Canadians. We're Americans. We're losing it. We're losing it faster than we can than we can imagine. That's what's at risk here. The America that you and I fight for. You know, the 23-year-old wasn't even alive for 9/11. They don't know the America right. we fight for. That's why they're willing to burn the flag and throw bricks through buildings and set buildings on fire and tell you it's a peaceful protest. We have a problem. We've got a massive problem in this country of preserving the I culture. think about the reaction to 9-11 compared to the reaction of October 7th and the young people. I mean, I, you know, I was in my 20s when 9-11 happened. And at that point, my friends joined 
the army, you know, they, they joined, they became service members and they said, we're going to fight for our country. And there was this overwhelming togetherness. Everybody in the country put their political issues aside and there was this overwhelming togetherness. And then I see how quickly that changed and that, and this situation with Israel, I mean, imagine a time when you would see the United States of America, young people say, okay, in this region that is, is such a reckless region, such a challenging region. We have one ally, one, one ally, a very strong ally, our strongest ally. And we have our youngest Americans who are saying we want them to go under. And then what do you have? You have a region that is filled with terror, filled with horrific plans for the United States, and you have no ally there. And and you are we're, we're playing with fire here because you're playing with 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 God's nation, God's people, and and this is diabolical. I I firmly believe America as a nation was founded to stand with Israel to usher in what is good to be the land on the hill. Just in this way, that way. And something I want to touch on that nobody wants to talk about, Peter. Joe Biden signed a trilateral agreement. Okay, with Mexico and Spain to take on migrants. He signed that agreement. Go look it up to take on up to 7 million more. Go look at what's happening in Spain. They're being pummeled. At the same time, Mexican president flew to South Africa and petitioned to become a member of the BRICS coalition, Brazil, Russia, India, China, South Africa, led by China. You've got the Mexican president asking Xi Jinping, can I join your coalition? Yes. Depart, depart from the American code. It didn't get four seconds of press in the United States. Yeah, bad. So this is. is if Mexico is allowed into BRICS, this border belongs to China on the other side. This is what. So this is what I've been trying to explain to people for years. We said we are going to bring American manufacturing back. So we said you can't manufacture in Mexico. You can't manufacture in Central America, or South America, and instead. Our manufacturing companies closed. They started bringing in parts from China. China moved into South America, Central America. They have full control over their economies because they have made them completely reliant on China. Just in 20 years' time, it, you yes. look at 2002, totally different story. You look at today, and they are completely reliant on China. 60% of everything that they're bringing in is coming from China. They don't even think about it. They used to be reliant on the United States. It was a good place for us to be. It would have been a good thing for the United States government to say, we will give you, we will help you out. We will give you subsidies if you will stay in America and Central America and even South America rather than go to China. But we built up China not knowing, and I get people didn't know at that time what was happening. We built China and you know why American companies were willing to go there? Because China is such an abusive nation that people are forced to work. They knew their workers would have to show up. They knew they would build buildings overnight. They knew that they would allow 300,000 people to be in a dormitory making iPhones. They knew that that would happen. It was reliable. There was no crime. It, there's no crime because people get murdered if there's crime. And our American companies went to China over Mexico. And now look at the situation we're in. China is in Mexico. We forfeited Mexico. We forfeited our allies. We gave Trudeau 
all the power he's now on the bandwagon with China and the North burning the flag. They're now in serious trouble because the Mexican president saying, we don't want to be with America, we want to be with China. Because everything you got comes from China. Do you know, China technically is on the brink of a revolution. On the brink. If we were to pull out of China and bring manufacturing to the U.S., that economy will implode within 12 months. The people will take the country back. They'll break free from communism because the general Chinese person in China, they're, they're oppressed. They're of course. tremendously oppressed. They want out. No, we are feeding China. I, Tudor, I, man, you are singing. Why are more people in this nation, in senior leadership, not speaking like you? Seeing it, it because, is as clear Because as we day. are a nation of instant gratification, and China gives you that. If you are yeah. a manufacturer, China gives you that. You get the parts. They come on time. You get a lot of them. They're very cheap. It is easy to do business there because they are a, a country that enslaves their people. That's a you, sickening you, thing, heard, but it's no different yeah. than the revolution. It's no different than the Civil War when northern states were saying to southern states, you cannot do this. You cannot do this to people. But why are we not saying this to businesses who are enslaving people in China? It's the same. And, and you've got these social media virtual warriors with their virtue, right, going, oh, look at me. I do good. And I go, you understand most of the products you have, was they were made by a slave and we're mm -hmm. outsourcing, you know. You look, Donald Trump, give him credit. He said, look, don't think if you're going to go over there and you're going to import your stuff, we're not going to tax you. We, we're in a place where we, we need radical, radical change, radical shifting. Right. Account, accountability has to sit in. I mean, and it's, it's, it's got to happen unless, you know, everybody in this country believes by this case, the raw, raw mentality of, well, somebody will fix it. And I think that's a problem here. It's this mentality of, well, some, we can trust Washington. So they're yes, going to fix it. Yes. They're going to mm -hmm. fix it. Come on now, guys. They won't let our country go to ruins. Really? Did, did we not just see how they sent Gavin Newsom to China to go learn how their school system works? Do we not remember that John, right. Dewey, in 19, John Dewey in 1928 went to visit Joseph Stalin to bring in public education and sign the Humanist Manifesto in 1933? I mean, we've been here before. And a week after Newsom leaves China, Xi Jinping is here and Marines are carrying Chinese flags. You know what's happening in South Africa at the moment. China has so taken over Africa that every police officer in South Africa is forced to speak and learn Mandarin because mm. they have to protect Chinese assets in their language. We're, we're heading in that direction. We are, and that's why I say it, it's up to private business I mean, private business controls this country more so than anything. But private business and government have obviously always worked together because government says, hey, we'll help you out do this or we'll stop you from doing that. If it's a danger to the national security of the country, we are in the situation where we have a danger to the national security of the country. That is why Trump put in those tariffs and said, hey, we're going to make it more challenging. But we need to start having that conversation of where for our national security, whether it is building pelotons or it is building bombs, where are those going to be manufactured? And it is not going to be on enemy soil. Yeah, not in the IP. We're not even starting to talk about the IP stolen. And then not uh, right. I mean, look, 
This is so diabolical. We've got Chinese companies getting contracts, flying drones, controlling the Texas power grid. Surveying the power. We had Chinese. Grid. So we had China. You know this. We had Chinese drones that we were flying our on our border. Yes. Uh, we were trusting the Chinese drones to give our military information on who's coming across the border, while China watches who's coming across our border. We're giving them the information. Look, it's 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 at this point. You know, we have a former Marine here as part of our security region. He said to me, "Said that at this point, it's laughable." You, you can just laugh. It's laughable. It's, it's insane what is going on, Tudor. This is not how you run a country. You run a banana republic like this. This is how you run a third world country. And look, this is a wake up American year 2024. Americans, small business. Remember, more of us than of them. More of us than of DC. The government needs to be so small, you need, it needs to be hard to find them. Okay? This is why I firmly believe that we need to democratize and decentralize the government. You know, at some point, you know, the, the, it's basically it's basically a uniparty in D.C. If people could only see what happens at five o'clock, how they knock off from their work hour, the badge, the R or the D, Republican or Democrat goes off, standing in the lobbies and they broken deals in hotel lobbies on behalf of the American people that they did not move. Not at not to the benefit of the American people. And at this point, at this point, we're engaged in two wars. Right now, we are. We believe it or not, and we're funding both sides of both of them. Right, right. You're right. I mean, honestly, you are so right. And I've said for a while now, I want my politician to be informing me and working hard. Like, I love that I've got a congressman here in the state of Michigan, Bill Heisinga, who will go on Facebook and he'll do a Facebook live after his votes. He'll explain to me why he did it. But he is not trying to be famous. He is not showing me his new gym workout. He's not showing me his time at the beach. I don't care about that. I don't want to see my congressman playing tennis. I don't want to see him in shorts. I don't want to see my congresswoman at the movies. I want to see you working. And if you're trying to be famous, then you're not doing this for the right reasons. Founding fathers tended to their family, tilt the field, planted, farmers, work their tails off, and serve their nation. It was never, it was never intended for fame or celebrity. And yeah, I'll never forget Barack Obama. You saw him more with his sleeves rolled up on a basketball court than you saw him actually doing anything. And now we learned that Joe Biden in 2023. 37% of the time he was at some retreat. I mean, this is, that's happening in front of our eyes. And so now I say this to you, we have to give, people have to take the, the people have to speak. I, it's accountability hour in this country, seriously. I took my daughter to DC last year on her field trip. And when we were there one, at one of the museums, they said, if you really want to know about our former presidents, then you should listen or read their autobiographies. Don't just read a book that was written about them. Read what they said about their lives. And so over the between Christmas and New Year's, I was like, I'm going to try that. And so I downloaded a book um, from Calvin Coolidge, his autobiography. And my goodness, it's amazing. It's the same, and yet it's so different. And it's so important to hear the way they thought, the reasons they did things. And to, from, from exactly 
their mouths from from their pen exactly what happened to them and i just think that it was such good advice and and if you're thinking of running for office or you have somebody in your life who has is a, an elected official do that just take some time to learn your history we'll learn why people did it 100 americans unfortunately don't know the history they don't know who was founded they don't know that look we in the founding documents we talked about slavery they don't understand why the civil yes. war. No, no idea, no, no perception. And that's dangerous because you, you, you cannot love what you don't know and you will not defend what you don't love. And that's why and even in those people, founding documents that you yeah. talk about where they wanted to abolish slavery at that time, you can see then the struggle of man against man, because that yes. didn't go in there because certain states said we will not join in this if you say that this is not going to be the case. So even at the founding of our country, you had men, good men who are saying this is wrong. It needs to be it needs to be kept out. And you have that pressure. And it's like the lobbyists today, you know, you still have that. But you can see how they overcame that. And that's something the overcoming is where our our young generation is need to say, I can do that, too. Yeah. Now, at some point, we got to get back to one nation under God. We're fighting for a country, not for myself. It's not the me movement. You know, I'm here on this earth by God to to impact another person's life for the better. And that's what we do in, in, in combating trafficking and rescuing children and fighting demonic forces. But we have, we have challenges to on, on both sides of the aisle. There's massive infiltration mm -hmm. in the GOP. And you know, you know what's very dangerous is the reason SEAL teams are so small, they do, they've got to be able to trust that brother in the heat of the battle that they're not going to take friendly fire. And the worst thing in the world is to think they're standing with somebody with the same set of values. And when the gavel drops, they stab you in the back. They vote pro-abortion, right. they vote open border. And you go, wait a second, what, what just happened? And then you, then you follow the money and you go, oh, okay. There are puppeteers that'll pull strings. And sometimes if you're a puppet, then you gotta dance. And I say this about politicians, be careful of how you get in because that'll determine how you're going to walk the walk. If you get in That's by so cutting true. corners, by taking the wrong money, the piper will call and you're going to pay the piper. I mean, it's just how it is. And it's sad. But that's why I love your statement about small business. That's what drives a nation. Small business, um, ingenuity, uh, creative thinking, critical thinking, which is a lost art in this country. And, and we got to take it back bit by bit, uh, community by community. Um, yeah, I'm so thankful for you. What a, what a patriot you are, Tudor. It's an honor to be with you always. Such a blessing. Well, thank you so much for joining us from the border. Yakuboyans, thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you, Tudor. God bless. And thank you all for joining us on the Tudor Dixon podcast for this episode and others. Go to TudorDixonPodcast.com. You can subscribe right there or head over to the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts and join us next time on the Tudor Dixon podcast. Have a blessed day. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, 
Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.